G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Joining us from Stan Sports, uh, writing rugby for them is a Kiwi in exile, Sam Worthington. How are you, sir? Yeah, good evening. Um, very well, thanks, mate. Yourself? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Good. Uh, have you? I know you're usually based in Sydney, but you in Melbourne at the moment? Yeah, yeah. I have made the the trip down to uh, to Chile, Melbourne for the for the match and the build up. So um, yeah, it's, it's kind of all about AFL down here at well, but they at the moment, but they um, have managed to to sell out the stadium. So um, yeah, it'll be a great atmosphere tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, how many does Marvel hold? Uh, so fifty thousand, I'm told, give or take. So. Um, yeah, they've uh, went there today. It's a great facility. Um, they, yeah, had a, had the Wallabies training um, under under sunshine for a while, and then the roof um, came over in the middle of minutes. So it's a, a very impressive facility that they've got. Are they going to have the roof over for the game? I believe it'll be closed. Definitely, yeah. I think they um, they tend to do that for all all matches, um, um, partly because of the noise um, that, that it creates, I believe. So, yeah, there will be um, a dry track uh, regardless of what's happening outside. Um, I think there is a bit of, bit of rain forecast, but like Dunedin, that won't, won't matter, so hopefully that's right around a bit. Was, uh, I think the uh, speculation here was that, or maybe not speculation is not the right word, maybe, maybe what we thought was going to happen over here was that this wouldn't be a sellout. We're in the middle of AFL playoff times, it's on a Thursday night, we thought, who's going to go to that? I mean, I think the thought over here was there was every chance um, that, you know, with Australian rugby's track record at, at administrating uh, things, that it would be a half-full stadium on a Thursday night and everybody would be, what's the point? Uh, how impressed are you that it's sold out and how surprised are you? Yeah, it's a great result. Um, I guess 50,000, you know, we, we go back to the great history of the Blitters Low and they had no problem selling out 80,000, 100,000, um, did they? So I think Australians, um, you know, while, while rugby has had its struggles, they, they certainly recognise, you know, pinnacle sports um, events and, and the All Blacks, despite uh, their own wobbles, so they recognise that uh, historically they are the best in the business. So, yeah, well, obviously a lot of the Kiwis that live here that, um, you know, you, you'll see tomorrow night, I anticipate probably it will be about 50-50 almost, um, the, the jerseys in the stands, and I certainly know I've got some mates coming over for the match and put plenty of Kiwi journos here as well. So, yeah, lot, lots of interest, and, um, yeah, can't wait. It'll be a great, uh, I guess, entree for the AFL people here for, for the big finals over the weekend. How many do you think are travelling for this game? How many are coming from Sydney or Brisbane, you know, the traditional rugby centres for this game, do you think? Yeah, look, I'm not entirely sure, to be, to be perfectly honest. But, yeah, I, I know that um, certainly, you know, the rugby people um, in, in the heartland areas, Sydney and Brisbane, um, you know, they've put a bit of coin, um, generally speaking, um, over here, rugby fans. So I'm sure, yeah, plenty, plenty are taking the opportunity for a, a rare midweek fixture. And, um, you know, while, um, you know, neither team's at the peak of their powers, it is a fascinating um, rugby championship that it's still well and truly alive. And, you know, I dare say um, a lot of Wallabies fans will be seeing this as a rare opportunity to, you know, to, to dare to dream and, um, and end that 20-year drought um, because, you know, on paper, clearly the All Blacks go in as favourites and they have to win both of them um, to, to, well, at least a draw tomorrow night to keep it alive. While that seems like a tall order, I mean, no one in their right mind would have predicted Argentina and Ireland to, to knock the All Blacks over on home soil. So, you know, any, any, it's a it's a crazy landscape at the moment. Um, I just wrote a story today about how it's you know probably the most 
competitive era in the history of world rugby. I don't, I don't think that's um, too big a stretch. We've, we've never really seen anything like this where the top eight or nine teams are all, all capable of beating each other and, and the likes of Ireland and France at the top of the world rankings. That just hasn't happened before. So, yeah, while um, the, the game's um, got its challenges in this part of the world, um, you, you look at the bigger picture, it is quite a fascinating landscape at the moment. Yeah, very much so, mate, very much. So what about this Australian team then? I know that they've had their uh, injury issues, you know, um, no Quaid, of course, uh, no Quaid Cooper. Now Noah, uh, Noah lolasio has gone down as well. So we've got Bernard Foley back in the mix. Um, were you surprised that... Foley got the call up. I know Reese Hodge has done a reasonable job there at 10, and you've got a couple of uh, really good young 10s coming through the Australian system, uh, guys like um, Tane Edmed and Ben Donaldson. Uh, you, you thought one of them might have got an opportunity, maybe even off the bench? Uh, not really, no. I, I wasn't really surprised. I mean, once they made the decision to get Foley uh, training with them in the mix, I mean, you're not you're not really going to do that unless they've got a genuine shot to play. So he he almost is last man standing, isn't he, really? Um, while Reese Hodge, like, like you say, is a, a, a stopgap option, um, I, I think a, you know experienced um, day in, day out, number 10 is probably what this team needs. So, I mean, Foley, he's, it, it's funny. I mean, everyone had ridden off Quade Cooper and James O'Connor um, hadn't they? And, and they both proved that they've actually got a lot to offer still at this level. So um, I, I think we could see something um, similar from Bernard Foley. I mean, he's he's come out and said basically he was maybe a little bit stale and you know in that environment with the Waratahs and the Wallabies, and um, you know perhaps wasn't uh, challenging himself to you know to to get that little extra extra percentage of, of motivation and, and and stuff like that. So he's. He feels refreshed after playing in Japan and um, you know playing alongside a lot of these these uh, All Blacks players and Springboks players, learning a few things. So yeah, I think he can can go out there and 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 run the cutter for them. Um, I think the the bigger challenge, um, yeah, might might just be um, defensively containing this this All Blacks um, team if they if they make a strong start because clearly um, even without Adi Satia there, that you look across one to fifteen, there is certainly more firepower in this All Blacks unit. It's going to be an interesting game, all right, mate. Uh, I mean, another interesting call that's been made by Dave Rennie is to leave um, old Oscar White on the bench and um, bring Jake Gordon in. Uh, how much of that is to do with combinations, do you think, with Bernard Foley? Yeah, we were talking about that today. I think it, it would be one factor um, that, that uh, Jake Gordon had spent a bit of time with with Foley at the Waratahs, but um, yeah, I'm pretty sure White and, and, and Foley have uh, combined at test level before as well. So I think uh, Dave Rennie was pretty blunt about it, that uh, Nick White wasn't at his best in that last um, effort by the Wallabies, which was, was pretty flat against the, the Springboks. They got smashed in, in Sydney, and um, yeah, I think Nick White started every single game um, this year, and it was just time for a different... A different role, um, you know, we see it especially with the Springboks. Often, some of the the strongest players um, start on the bench, don't they, and then come on, you know, half time or even before half time sometimes to to, um, to play in the in, in the clutch moments of games. So, yeah, I, I don't think um, that will be too much of an issue issue for them. They'll be looking to to White to play a big role um, from their perspective uh, in, a, in a tight game um, tomorrow night. What about, um, and I know this is going back a couple of weeks, and I don't know if this has had anything to do with it, but it was interesting getting a perspective out of Australia on um, 
on Nick White and the way he went down to try and get um, the the Springbok halfback, uh, whose name just escapes me right at the moment, binned in that game, um, sort of taking a dive, if you like. Um, now, Steve Devine, former All Black halfback, said on the show that I do with him uh, that if, it had, if he had been refereeing, he would have yellow-carded him. And uh, I see Nigel Owens come out and said mate, much the same thing, saying it's not soccer and would have yellow-carded him. And then we had um, a former... Uh, Wallaby uh, on with us as well talking about this and he said oh mate if I was coach and I did see would have dropped him the next week uh, what was the public reaction to that over there yeah uh, I think um, uh, you know us Australians don't um, don't like that that sort of um, sportsmanship taken to that level as a rule so yeah there, there was a, a few grumbles on, on social media and stuff but he is one of the the more popular Wallabies, um, Nick White. Like he's a he he is a genuinely good bloke and a, and a real leader of the team. But um, you know, once once he gets on the on the field, he does occasionally take that sportsmanship stuff a bit too far. And yeah, clearly, I mean, no one no one enjoys that sort of carry on. But I guess from his perspective, he's just trying to milk every little little thing he can for his team to win. And you could argue that he I mean he got the results. Um, you know that that potentially he was he was looking for so um i did hear one or two things from people close to the team that he was quite uh yeah he was he was in quite a i guess a shaky state um after that with all the all the feedback um and, and he you know that he um probably wasn't too proud of, of his actions and um and and yeah was you know very conscious of all the or the backlash on, on social media, and particularly from South Africa, of course. So, yeah, yeah. I think he's been a little bit uh, bit shielded. I don't, I don't think he's actually come out in the media and, and, and spoken about that yet. So, um, yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, he, he's done some deep uh, reflections on that, and I don't think we'll see that sort of thing um, from him again. Yeah, it was interesting. Greg Martin, of course, the former Wallaby fullback, said uh, he told us a story that apparently the next, might have been the next day or the day after, that there was a travel day and he was walking through an airport with some of his teammates and there were some South African fans at a bar at the airport and they all came out and they're like, oh my God, he's off life support. Oh, he's all right. Oh, we thought you were still in a coma. And then just absolutely giving it to him and he, as he just had to put his head down and keep walking. Yeah, yeah, that that, that footage, um, the social media footage, did um, emerge, and it was uh, hilarious. It was good, good form from those Springbok fans. They they had it in the right uh, spirit, giving them a wind up, but um, not not going too far with it. So yeah, you can see you can see Nick in, in that uh, clip um, having a laugh and sort of giving them the, the thumbs up as well. So I mean that's that's what it's all uh, all about. Um, you know, it probably would have been a good thing if he he came out and just said, um, I, I don't know if he privately said anything to staff. Um, no, sorry, mate, I got that one one wrong. Um, because, yeah, I mean, you know, while rugby does take itself a bit too seriously sometimes, I think overall it does have a good history of, you know, uh, you know supporting and rewarding fair play. So I think um, the feedback was fairly unanimous that um, that's not something we want to see creeping into rugby. No, fair, fair, mate. Uh, what about um, uh, James Slipper as captain? He seems to be conducting himself uh, pretty well. He, he's not the first name that would have jumped off the page to me as to being a, a, a wallaby skipper, um, but he seems to be leading that team pretty well and, and uh, looks pretty at home in the media and, and, and looks like a good leader both um, from the, what he's saying um, but just all the, also the way he's conducting himself. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a super relaxed and um, and good good fella. Um, there at um, Marvel Stadium today, he was yeah in a, a very chatty and um, yeah inter- 
interesting sort of um, mood. But yeah, you're quite right. He um, he wasn't the first name that would would have come to mind. Um, absolutely, when you when you would have looked at potential Wallabies captains, um, you know, a year or two ago, his his career was um, in, in tatters um, a few years ago with, uh, of course, the drug scandal, and he he was um, moved on from Brad Thorne's Reds, and um, yeah, unfortunately, he was going through a lot of personal stuff, and it looked like his his uh, wonderful career could be on, on life support, but uh, he's yeah found a new home at the Brumbies, and he's he's just one of those beloved guys amongst the team environment. Um, you know, goes about as fast, doesn't take himself too seriously. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it, um, you know, while he is you know a, a very likable captain, I guess some, some hard questions need to be asked as well because he was um, he was asked about it today that he's by far the most penalised player in the rugby championship so far. And the Wallabies are the most uh, penalised team as well. So, yeah, they, he, he put his hand up there and said, "Yep, I've got to be got to be better there, more disciplined, because um, elite sport that's um, that, that's not going to help your cause if you if you're doing that sort of stuff." So, yeah, he's um, he is a likable figure, and it's it's a fascinating one how long he'll keep that job because Michael Hooper, um, obviously going through his own um, personal stuff at the moment, it's not entirely clear. When he will be will come back and whether he'll want to take on the burden of, of leading the country again. So it's it's an interesting picture because another one of the potential contenders, Nick, Nick White, um, like you say, he's been in the news for the for the wrong reasons recently. So uh, yeah, fascinating one for Dave Rennie to to work through. Yeah, indeed, you have to have to try and figure that one out. Um, what about maybe some of these other matchups, mate? We can have a quick look at. Um, Dave Pareki has has obviously had a great super season. He's gone ahead of uh, Falau Fainga in the in the hooking role, and he's up against you know. Some of Sony Tokiaha, who I think you could argue has probably been the most consistent All Black this season. Yeah, I agree. Two real movers um, this season, two, two sort of breakout players at this level are uh, quite different. Uh, Sam Sony is, you know, just, just um, uh, mode of of, um, of damaging, um, you know, with ball or without it. Whereas Pareki, uh, I guess. Um, more prides himself in, in the the line out throwing and, and being quite mobile. Um, he's not necessarily going to come up in, in too many highlight reels, but I think he is um, what the Wallabies need at the moment. It's been a problem position um, for them and, and getting their line out right. So he'll, he'll just do the basics um, well for them, I think, which is what they're after. Yeah, and um, the the decision to to play Scott Barrett at six um, again. So you've got Whitelock Barrett and Retallick all on the field at the same time. That feels to me like a move you pull against the bigger, more physical teams like the South Africans, like the Poms, like the French. I didn't know if they would go this way, the All Blacks, for this game. You know, they might have gone uh, more of a traditional six, whether that be Akira Yuani or even Dalton Papali'i. But that's where they have gone. What does that say to you? Yeah, I think it makes sense. I wasn't surprised to see that. I mean, there's an element of just getting your best players on the park and, and Barrett's last um, opportunity in that jersey this year, he did really well and, and, and the team functioned well. So, yeah, I think it, it's, um, it means your line-out is, is going to be excellent. I mean, uh, you know, and in theory, the line-out should outperform Australia, I think, with those, those, those jumpers there. Um, and and yeah, obviously allows Brody to come back in, and, and with the experience of of, of no Ardy there, um, I think it made sense to to move Barrett there, um, given that you're all, already going to have a new number eight. So yeah, well, uh, I don't see um, any major issues there, and they're going to be coming up against a, a reworked Wallabies um, back row, of course, as well with Pete Samu playing slightly out of position um, at number seven. So yeah, there's a couple of guys. Um, yeah, trying to trying to um, nail new roles tomorrow night.
Indeed there are, Sam. All right, mate. Hey, listen, just before we let you go, uh, you got a prediction for us? How do you think? How do you see tomorrow night going? Yeah, it's a risky game, um, <laughs> these predictions at the moment. Look, I think, um, to, to me, they're just, the Wildies are just missing too, too much quality cattle at the moment, aren't they? It's, it's ridiculous how long their list of absent, absentees are, and, and not just any players, like the best players, really, as well. So I'll pick the All Blacks, but um, you know, Dave, Dave Rennie's team have played with a lot of, um, a lot of spirit generally, so I don't think there'll be too much in it. I think maybe a eight, ten, twelve point sort of victory to the All Blacks tomorrow night. Good stuff, Sam. Really appreciate your time, mate. Go well and enjoy that game tomorrow night, eh? Well done, mate. Good to chat. Cheers, uh, Sam Worthington there from Stan Sport, uh, rugby writer for them, uh, giving us his his thoughts. Uh, of course, Kiwi based in Sydney. And down in Melbourne for the game. Uh, if you're looking at the game uh, on the TAB, New Zealand are the favourites at a dollar twenty-five. Australia three eighty. The draw is twenty-one dollars. Winning team and margin. You can get the Wallabies at four eighty or thirteen plus is fifteen dollars. The All Blacks one at twelve is two seventy. Thirteen plus a dollar eighty-seven. So that's where the TAB is. It's certainly favouring a big All Black victory.